Today's program is brought to you by the number two. Two is a very important number because if you only have one thing, life is very monotonous and you have no choices. But as soon as you introduce a second thing, you can choose you want this or the other. So you have yes or no or true or false, yin and yang, man and woman, something and nothing. So two is the first number where life gets interesting. It takes two, baby. It takes two, baby. Make a dream come true. Two is maybe like a toddler number, so it's big enough to be interesting and do some things, but small enough to cause a lot of mischief and get into trouble. Just like two. That was mathematician Julie Lippmann extolling the significance and quirkiness of the number two. And she's not the only person who's a fan of two. There are many reasons for considering two to be the most unusual, strange and interesting number in the whole of mathematics. Professor Ian Stewart of Warwick University. It's because it's the basis of the odd even distinction. Even numbers are multiples of two. And there are an amazing variety of really important things in mathematics which only work if things are odd or only work if things are even. And it's particularly common for surprising things in mathematics to occur only when you've got even numbers. And another thing about two is that it implies pairing. And that also gives rise to some important tools in mathematics, including some very neat shortcuts. For example, the 19th century mathematician Carl Friedrich Gauss spotted a very neat shortcut based on a pairing trick. When he was a schoolboy, I think he was about eight, his teacher asked the class to add all the numbers from one to a hundred so his teacher could get a break. So everyone sat down with their pencils and Gauss sat down and thought and said, 5,050. And the teacher thought, how did he possibly do that? And the answer is that he paired the numbers off in groups of two. So he paired one with 100 and said they add up to 101. And then two with 99, they add up to 101. And three and 98 add to 101. And if you keep doing this, you'll get 50 pairs that add to 101. Then he just multiplied 50 times 101 and got 5,050. So two is mathematically important because of things like pairing. And of course, there's binary arithmetic, which is all about counting in twos. And the entire digital age relies on binary. So in other words, billion-dollar industries rely on two. But perhaps the best thing about two is doubling. Even the ancients appreciated the joy of doubling. It seemed to make calculations easier. Maths historian Eleanor Robson. Doubling is a very powerful means of multiplication, and the ancient Egyptians in the early 2nd millennium BC and onwards used doubling as a means of multiplication. So let's take an example. If you want to, say, multiply 53 by 17, it sounds like a scary thing to do. You can say you can start off by writing 53, then you double 53, so you write 106. Double it again, 212. Double it again to get 8 times, which is 424. Double it again to get 16 times, which is, what, 848. Now, you know that 17 is 1 plus 16, so you've got your, your 16 times, which is 848, and your 53, so you just add them together, and that gives you 901. So doubling is a very simple way of doing multiplication. It doesn't seem quite so simple to me, but I guess if you were an Egyptian schoolboy doing your homework, uh, maybe trying to work out the volume of a pyramid or the length of bandage required to wrap a mummy, then doubling might have been a neat trick. Neat and indeed powerful, because doubling numbers means that the numbers get big very, very quickly. Have you ever tried folding paper over and over again, which effectively doubles the number of sheets over and over again? 
Conventional wisdom is you can't fold a piece of paper more than seven times. I think that's right. Well, 2 to the power 7 is 128. So if you, if you try to fold a piece of paper seven times, you're actually making its thickness more than 100 times what it was originally. So if I start off with a piece of paper that's a tenth of a millimetre thick... You're uh, going to end up with something that's, um, let's see, a centimetre thick. centimetre thick, which is a book thickness of paper. After a while, you're trying to fold a book in half, and this is not very easy to do. And that's only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to doubling. Here's a story which uses the squares of a chessboard to illustrate the true power of doubling. Mathematician Marcus de Sotoy. The person who invented chess brought this to his master and said, look at this wonderful game. The master was so impressed with it. He said, I'll give you anything you want. And so the inventor of chess said, OK, well, I'll either have 10,000 rupees or you can put one grain of rice on the first square, two grains of rice on the second square, four grains of rice on the third square, eight grains of rice on the fourth square. So each time the number of grains of rice doubled each time. And his master said, well, that looks very easy to do. I'm not going to have to give him very much rice. So he went for the rice option, and he started to put the rice on the squares. OK, so um, by the eighth square, you've got two to the power eight, which isn't too much rice. By the 15th square, you've probably got about half a kilo of rice. But now things are beginning to build up, and there was no way he'd be able to get to the 64th square because two to the power 64 is such a huge number. It's, it's more than the rice production of the whole of the world in the last year. So the, the master got tricked. He, he didn't have a concept of how large these numbers were going to get so quickly. Doubling is such a powerful mathematical mechanism that it's even attracted the attention of gamblers. The Martingale betting system is based on doubling, and it's infamous amongst betting folk. This is the idea. A gambler bets one pound on the toss of a coin. If he wins, he walks away one pound better off. If he loses, he doubles his bet and bets two pounds on the toss of a coin. If he wins, he walks away one pound better off, because he wins back his lost pound and one more pound. If he loses, though, he doubles his bet again. In other words, he keeps on doubling his bet until he wins. Eventually, he's bound to win, and when he does, he walks away one pound better off. This seems like a foolproof betting system. But Ian Stewart explained the flaw to me. Half the time I win a pound and walk away. And the the other half, I play again. But I bet two pounds against the two pounds that you now have because you won my first pound. Right. Half the time there, I will win and walk away with a profit of a pound. If I keep on playing until I win, I am guaranteed to win one pound. So, Ian, <laughs> we've got a surefire way of winning money here. We have. The, the problem in the real world is, if you really try this, what happens, you end up, you know, most of the time you win, but it's when you win, it's, it's actually small beer. You don't win very much. But you are gambling. Every so often you're gambling millions of pounds to win back the one pound that you're going to gain. This is not a sensible way to proceed. Yeah, but we'll win one pound lots and lots of times. you win one pound. If you have infinite resources, it works. There's a phrase for this. It's called throwing good money after bad. Or one born every minute. Well, that's right. In other words, in general, I will walk away one pound better off. But every so often, I will lose maybe millions of pounds. And that's the flaw in the Martingale system. It's a high-risk strategy. A more reliable doubling phenomenon is known as Moore's Law. And it's a law of doubling that's revolutionised the world. Meet Gordon Moore, co-founder of Intel. I was given the job of predicting what would happen in the component industry over the next 10 years. 
And I looked at what we had done in the preceding few years and saw that the number of components as transistors and resistors we were putting on an integrated circuit had about doubled every year. So I took the rather bold and frankly naive idea and said, okay, we're going to do this for another 10 years. And at the end of that time, instead of putting 60 components on a chip, we'll be putting 60,000 components on a chip, and that'll be the cheapest way to buy a piece of electronics. I was trying to get the message across that the integrated circuit technology was the way we were going to decrease the cost of doing electronics. Uh, since then, the concept of Moore's Law has been extended to a lot of things in the industry. Kind of anything that changes geometrically is called Moore's Law, and I'm perfectly willing to take credit for all of it. This is an incredible observation. The power of computer chips doubles every 18 months, and this is a pattern that's persisted for the last four decades. And remember the power of doubling. It's had phenomenal consequences for the performances of computers. For example, a standard modern laptop outperforms the sort of computerized hulk that would have filled an entire room in the 1960s. And this is also why your cell phone probably has more computing power than the sort of machines that guided the Apollo rocket to the moon. I have been really amazed that we've been able to stay on the trend we've been on as long as we have. But in real respect, it's become a self-fulfilling prophecy. The industry understands the rate at which we're making progress of increasing complexity. The companies know if they fall behind that trend line, they lose out. And if they can get ahead of that trend line, they can get a proprietary position. So in a real respect, Moore's Law has gone from recording to driving what is happening in the industry. The strange thing about Moore's doubling law is that it crops up in unexpected places. It applies to more than just computers. For example, the length of railroad track in America doubled every 18 months during the 1830s and 1840s. And according to the latest theories in cosmology, the universe also obeys Moore's law. It seems that the universe might have doubled in size over and over again at an incredibly fast rate. And this phenomenal doubling, known as inflation, would have occurred very early in our history. Jana Levin is a cosmologist at New York's Columbia University. So the belief is very quickly after the universe is born that the universe begins to inflate and just happens incredibly rapidly. You're taking regions that might be, you know, lumpy, that might be highly curved, and you're stretching them so much more rapidly than they can, say, communicate with each other, um, than they can collide with each other, than they can carry information across the whole space. And what you end up with by the end of the day is a space where, even if it is still small when it's all over, is big enough by the time it evolves 14 billion years later into the universe we live in today to be big enough to house everything as far as we can see. So inflation was over fantastically quickly and then the universe began its sedate expansion and has been for most of the last 14 billion years has, has it been expanding sedately so what we see today is just a pale shadow of the violence that there was in the big bang that we call inflation that was science writer marcus chan author of the universe next door although the idea remains speculative inflation remains popular amongst cosmologists because it seems to explain several features of the universe such as its shape and the distribution of material. And the idea of inflation fits quite happily with Einstein's equations, which are generally trusted, 
because they seem to describe well-established phenomena, such as the deflection of starlight or the formation of black holes. By the time this expansion, this inflation, ran out of steam, and that was again within the first split second of the universe, the universe had doubled and doubled in size 50 times over. But that's not a phenomenal increase in size. I mean, you know, if you double something and then you double it again 50 times, you'll make the universe a bit bigger, but nothing cosmic. You don't make it cosmic, but you do actually dramatically increase its size, something like a million billion times. So if the universe starts, let's talk about a universe, bit of the universe that's, say, a millimetre across, after 50 doublings, we're saying it's going to be a million billion millimetres across, which is a thousand billion kilometres. So we're talking about something that is barely bigger than a pinhead, expanding until it's a hundred times bigger than our solar system. Stranger things have happened than, um, than the doubling, doubling, doubling. We see doubling, doubling, doubling kind of phenomena in growth patterns in animal populations and all kinds of populations. And the fact that the universe could do this did not strike people as outlandish. I mean, once you're willing to accept the universe is expanding anyway, and once you're willing to start to deal with Einstein's equations on that level where you're really solving them and looking for solutions, and once you realize that there are black holes out there, it's easy to begin to trust the equations that, that Einstein came up with and what they're telling you. So two seems to be an important number. Cosmologists like it because of inflation, technologists like it because of Moore's law, and the Egyptians liked it because it helped with calculations. Now, personally, I like two because of the following fact. Take any three-dimensional object and add the number of faces to the number of corners and subtract the number of edges. The answer is always two. For example, take a cube. It's got six faces, eight corners and twelve edges. Six plus eight minus twelve equals two. Try it with any shape. You'll always get two. Mm. Further Five Numbers was presented by Simon Singh and the producer was Adrian Washbourne. Next week, Simon examines number six. It's math's first perfect number and plays a big role in structures in the natural world. But why is it always possible to link two unrelated people on our planet by as few as six links? <laughs>